0: You know, we, we see all the depictions in movie and TV, you know, all the sex scenes are pretty much lasting between like one and three minutes if we're lucky. And so we have this idea that, you know, the sexual encounter is going to be like hot and heavy and women and men are both able to go from like zero to 130 seconds. And they're both like, you know, having orgasms together and it's over and like within five minutes. Now, interestingly enough, uh, the average time for men the average man to reach orgasm is about five and a half minutes. And the average time for a woman to reach orgasm is about 40 minutes. Wow. So five. you can kind of see like there's a little bit of a discrepancy there, right?
1: <laughs> Welcome, everybody, to the podcast, Relationships. Let's talk about it. I'm Preble Toplitsky. I'm a psychotherapist specializing in relationship issues. Everybody's got one. Partners. Family. Friends. Co-workers. Neighbors. Relationships. Let's talk about it. Welcome to another episode of Relationships Let's Talk About, and I have a conversation with Laura Callahan, and we talk about sexual freedom and sexual healing through hypnosis. And that's right, because as Marvin Gaye says, sexual healing is good for me. Makes me feel so fine. It's such a rush helps to relieve the mind, and it's good for us. Sexual healing, baby, it's good for me. Sexual healing is something that's good for me. It's good for us. Sexual healing is really good for us, and it's really good for relationships. And I also thought that it was apropos to release this on Valentine's Day. And you know, just to speak about Valentine's Day, I think we should have Valentine's Day many, many times throughout the year. And it's just not about the dinners or the flowers or the candy or whatever gifts. It's about showing love. It's about making that special person in your life feel loved. So don't just wait for Valentine's Day once a year. And then it won't feel like a big pressure if it doesn't go right too. (laughs) I mean, also, instead of all those gifts, you could be writing appreciation letters to each other. That's right. Give each other appreciation notes verbally and also written. That's what me and my wife do. We actually don't celebrate Valentine's Day. Everybody's going, what? That's right, because our anniversary is a few days after that. So we love to just celebrate our anniversary So I do want to give a shout-out to my beautiful Prince of Pesa. Happy anniversary, my love, in a few days. I just want to tell you that I am so much a better, better man being with you. Marrying you was absolutely the best, best decision in my life. So I want to thank you and I want to wish us a wonderful 27th year anniversary. Mhm. So, in this episode, Laura and I, we excavate aspects of sexual challenges that people have. You know, every couple I think goes through some challenges if they're long enough in their sexual life or people in their lives period might have a real challenging sexual relationship to their bodies, sexual dysfunction, you know, there's problems like anorgasmia, erectile dysfunction, sexual performance anxiety, uh, premature ejaculation, intimacy issues, sexual abuse issues. So no wonder why there's many times that people also have an incompatibility of sexual libidos and sexual desires. Laura and I, we excavate and explore a lot of aspects of people's sexual relationships and their challenges and their dysfunctions and their their perfectionism and also what is a healthy sexual relationship. And we explore how to have sexual freedom through hypnosis. So let me tell you a little bit more about Laura. Laura Callahan is a clinical hypnotherapist specializing in assisting clients with sexual dysfunction, trauma resolution, anxiety, and fertility issues. She is also a certified hypnobirthing educator. She works with clients via zoom throughout the U S Canada and elsewhere around the world. She is located in Bellingham, Washington. And her website is Callahanhealing.com. And we will have show notes for Laura's contact information. So before we get on the show, I just want to make a few announcements just to remind people to go to my website, prepo.com. You can check out all the things that I'm doing and you can also sign up for my newsletter. And if my podcast resonates with you, and you feel inclined to financially supporting the podcast and donating, you can go to prepo.com, hit the podcast page, and there's a support the podcast button. You can leave a one-time donation or a reoccurring donation. It is very, very appreciated. And another way of course, that you can support the podcast is by sharing it and spreading it and let more people benefit from the things that is presented in this podcast. You can also check me out on Instagram at PrepotToplitzki and also Twitter at PrepotToplitzki. And if you are listening on Apple Podcasts, I would love if you would leave us a review and comments. Okay everybody, here we go. Happy Valentine's Day. Show your love, be kind, don't stress out on it. If you get into some little fights, just move through it. Show more love, show more kindness. Here we go. Conversation with Laura Callahan on sexual healing and sexual freedom through hypnosis. Sexual healing is something that's good for me and you. hmm Laura, thank you so much for wanting to do this and join me in this interesting conversation. Yeah.
0: Yeah, Prepo, I'm so honored to be here. I'm a huge fan of your podcast and um, I recommend it to most of my clients. And so it's such an honor to be here. Thanks.
1: And that's really cool that that's how we actually met, that you contacted me through knowing me through my podcast and we worked together and we then... Um, thought about this subject as a wonderful subject to talk about with people. So um, maybe just briefly for people, can you just tell us a little bit about yourself and your hypnotherapy practice?
0: Yeah, sure. Well, um, I am a clinical hypnotherapist. I live in uh, Bellingham, Washington. Uh, I do work with clients uh, via Zoom all over the US, Canada. I've also seen clients in Europe and Australia. And I love working with clients uh, who are struggling with all kinds of things, but trauma, uh, working with trauma, um, working with issues revolving uh, sexual dysfunction, intimacy issues, uh, phobias, fears, PTSD. Uh, I'm also a certified uh, hypnobirthing instructor and also work with women who are struggling with fertility
1: Hmm. issues. Wow, that's great too. I I run across people in in my practice that are struggling with infertility issues and that's such a stress level that gets uh, heightened in their relationship and challenged when people are stressed with that.
0: Absolutely. And you know, with so many of these uh, issues, Prepo. Well, and especially when it comes to, cause we're going to kind of be focusing on the sexual issues, but you know, the brain, we, I, I tell my clients, or uh, let me ask you, what is, what do you think is the most important organ mm. when it comes to sex? I already gave out the answer, but. <laughs> yeah.
1: But I, I've heard that many times. I have uh, a good friend of mine that always said that it's right between the ears. That's where that, that organ is lo- located. Yeah,
0: exactly. The brain, the the mind. Um, hmm. Well, you know, the brain is like the physical aspect and the mind is the mental aspect. So it's kind of like that mind body combination.
1: Hmm. How did you get interested or wanting to focus some of your work with hypnotherapy and sexual freedom to to work with people to free any of their traumas or their resistance and holding low sexual beetle all the things that people really want to feel more embodied and free in their sexual life how did that come about for you
0: well i think it's i guess it really just comes out of you know my own experiences with it and just you know how important like our we're sexual beings and uh you know our ability to express our sexuality is it's like our libido. It's like our life force energy. And, you know, if there's something getting in the way of that, it, it can not only affect our sex life, but it can affect, you know, so many other aspects of our life. And, um, you know, when I was a younger woman, I myself struggled with, um, I actually thought that I was an orgasmic when I was, I think 10 or 11, I, I discovered how to masturbate kind of by accident. And, um, it was like a happy accident. I don't even think I really associated it with, you know, sexuality at the time. I just had this really amazing feeling in my body. And, um, so I kind of kept doing it and then I eventually associated it with, you know, sexual feelings. But so I knew that I was able to have orgasms on my own, but then when I started becoming sexually active with, with men, uh, I was finding that, you know, it just wasn't happening for me. And so I just thought I was kind of one of those unlucky women that wasn't able to do that. And it wasn't until my early 30s, actually, that I uh, began a relationship with with a guy. And it was, um, I have to give him credit because he was, I felt really comfortable with him in a way that I hadn't before, I guess, with other partners. And also at this time, I was like, I really wanted to be able to have an orgasm with another person. <laughs> and um, he ended up being someone where I I just felt really comfortable and safe with him. And uh, we we took things really slowly. And this one afternoon, we were you know, having (laughs) sexual relations and all of a sudden um, I I just was really so engrossed in it, in my body. And uh, I felt so comfortable and relaxed and everything was just feeling good. And then all of a sudden I started to feel this feeling in me like, oh my gosh, I think I'm about to have an orgasm. And I did. And it was just so fantastic. I burst into tears. and, um, And it was like, once that happened... I knew I could do it and then, you know, and then I just kept being able to do it. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, I just have so much compassion for people, for women who are having these issues and, and for men too, who are, you know, struggling with performance anxiety and, and issues that are getting in the way of them being able to be fully expressed in their sexuality. Mm
1: -hmm. So when you're when you're working with people, what are some of the misnomers or some of the uh, prejudice and challenges that we have around our sexuality that you think um, people need to have a more reality check of what's going on? So, you know, because we do so much comparison and we have all this bullshit in the movies and pornography that it that's not real life and and so people have this this template that I don't know how real that is what do you come across they uh, have to work with people to shift that
0: yeah exactly Prepo, it's like you know we we see all the depictions in movie and tv you know all the sex scenes are pretty much lasting between like one and three minutes if we're lucky and so we have this idea that you know, the sexual encounter is going to be like hot and heavy and women and men are both able to go from like zero to 130 seconds. And they're both like, you know, having orgasms together and it's over and like within five minutes. Now, interestingly enough, uh, the average time for men, the average man to reach orgasm is about five and a half minutes. And the average time for a woman to reach orgasm is about 40 minutes. Wow. So you can kind of see like there's a little bit of a discrepancy there, right?
1: (laughs) Yeah. Wow. Really let that sink in too for a lot of women that are self-judgmental that it may take them longer than they think that they should. And so the average is 40 minutes, did you say?
0: Yeah, exactly. And so it's like, you know, just physiologically it takes about 20 minutes for a woman to uh you know women need we need time to for our bodies to become aroused and um you know like we're not actually ready to be like the the clearest needs time to to have this arousal before it's even like before it even feels really good and our bodies to be to be touched in in that area And and even after we're aroused, it still is going to take about, you know, maybe 15, 20 minutes of of like stimulation for us to uh, climax. And one of the main reasons that women like they feel like there's something wrong with them or they give up on even having orgasms is because, you know, they feel like they're taking too long and they feel like they have to somehow, you know, they're comparing themselves to the to the typical male pattern which is like, so, so wrong. Yeah.
1: And I'm sure at times they get pressure from their perhaps male partners, if that is the case, of that they may be taking too long or like we know how sensitive the mind and brain is, any kind of little um, criticisms that we take, uh, we might take them personally, but also it's just a so fragile, the sexual libido around our confidence in ourselves. So if there's any like, hey, what are you doing? Or don't touch me exactly. like that. Or, you know, what's wrong? You know, what is there something wrong with you tonight? Any of those little things, boy, that is such an incredible shutdown.
0: Oh my gosh, exactly. And you know, as soon as, if you if a woman hears that, it's like all of a sudden they go right into their head. And like you said, it's literally like shutting them down physiologically. Um, so it's a recipe for disaster, but, but also for men, you know, just to, you know, from where they're coming from, probably it's like, they have kind of a different pressure going on. They've got this pressure to, maybe they feel like they have to perform and, you know, they're like worried about maintaining their erection they're worried that they're going to lose their erection. So, you know, it's like, they want to kind of maybe have it happen quicker just so that they can you know, satisfy their partner. Uh, So it's like that, but that it's like that goal of, um, of penetration becomes like the main focus. And um, it's really not a good recipe for a satisfying sexual encounter.
1: No, no, it's not that everybody thinks like the sexual intercourse and penetration has to lead to orgasm. And that's the goal. And that's, And yeah, that people have that experience in their sexual life of that being satisfied. But as we know, there's a whole different realm of feeling safe with somebody. You know, I heard this and and I don't, uh, I read this and somewhere that a woman's um, arousal center is close to her fear center. And when the fear center is activated, then of course the sexual arousal center goes down. And a woman's fear center gets activated for all kinds of reasons. But Mm -hmm. when it comes to interpersonal relationships, when a woman's not feeling emotionally safe, that that kicks off that fear arousal center, which of course affects the sexual arousal. And a lot of guys don't get that. You know, they don't get that the, the small little digs or the criticisms or the bursts of anger and yelling how that can shut down a a woman's connection of comfortability with her sexual arousal.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I'd like to read this, this uh, little quote from a, there's a a blogger, um, a journalist named Michael Castleman, and he's a journalist who's been writing about health and sexuality for over a decade. Um, I believe he has like, he writes for like psychology today and other places, but um, I was reading his blog, and I really love this. Uh, it's it's called um, "Orgasms Are Like Laughter," and he he writes, um, "Orgasms emerge from deep inside us when conditions are right. Comedians can tickle our funny bones, but they don't make us laugh. They allow us to. They create the conditions that encourage us to produce laughter from deep within ourselves. And orgasms are similar." they too emerge from deep within us when conditions are right. For most people, the conditions that encourage orgasms include trust, comfort, relaxation, love, and whole body massage that eventually focuses on tender caresses of the genitals. And so really the, the question is not how can I give my lover wonderful orgasms? The question is what can I do to help my lover feel relaxed, to feel accepted, trusting, comfortable, and loved so that his or her orgasms will emerge
1: mm. isn't that cool yeah that really is yeah. i love that like that should be the focus uh, you know to how how much instead of how many orgasms can i bring you to is that how much how much relaxation can i exactly yeah it's so funny i've had just just today today and yesterday to, yeah today and and last week i must have had about four of my clients that listen to my podcast tell me, I'm kind of embarrassed to tell you this, but like I fall asleep when you, or, or, you know, to some of your podcasts and I <laughs> told them, I said, do not feel bad or embarrassed at all. If I can relax somebody that they fall asleep, just through my voice. That's beautiful. That's a yeah. beautiful thing. That's wow, exactly what yeah. So to me, whatever we could do to help each other, to relax, to feel more peaceful. And like you said, let that energy emerge, not force the energy, mm-hmm. you know, because that's that's the aspect I think that we're trying to get away from in this conversation, too, is about resistance and forcing, because what you do as a hypnotherapist is trying to bring people into that stage of relaxation so their unconscious and their conscious can work together. Can you tell a little bit yeah. about like w- hypnotherapy and how this can coordinate into the subject that we're talking about, sexual freedom?
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, When it comes to sexual dysfunction, say, uh, oftentimes it's like the natural subconscious process is being interfered with uh, by the conscious mind. So hypnosis works so well because um, when you have a thought, it creates an emotion and then our emotions drive our behaviors. So and the, the thing is, is like, we have so many thoughts. Um, let's see. We have about, f- uh, science research has shown that we have about 45,000 to f- 51,000 thoughts per day. And about 80% of those thoughts are actually negative. And a lot of those thoughts are going on, you know, in the subconscious. We're not aware that we're having all these thoughts, but they are going on. And, and, and when, they're
1: repetitive too, right? I mean, that's Yeah, what, they're, they're repetitive. repetitive.
0: Exactly. And the thing is like when you when we have thoughts the subconscious mind doesn't differentiate whether the thought is real or whether it's imagined it just takes whatever it's you know we're giving it and it processes it so um and so when when someone's in a state of hypnosis the conscious mind which is like our logical thinking mind is relaxed and the subconscious mind which is where we store all of our emotions, our feelings, our, our beliefs, our memories. It's where our imagination, um, that subconscious mind can take in the new information and then easily share it with the conscious mind. So when a client's in, in hypnosis, um, I, I work to neutralize, you know, thoughts or feelings that are associated with past traumas and really create like new positive positive beliefs, positive visualizations. Um, and and so this is why hypnosis can have such a profound and really rapid effect with clients, you know, who are struggling with issues like, say, anorgasmia or erectile dysfunction or something like that. And then I also work, I also teach clients self-hypnosis so that they can uh, actually do this on their own, they can actually hypnotize themselves. And so that when they're recreating these positive experiences over and over again, it's like we're literally creating new neural pathways. It's like neurally, neurochemically reconditioning your mind and in turn your body to begin to like work as one. Because we want, if, if, if consciously we want something, but subconsciously there's like this underlying message you know, like, uh, for instance, say a woman, you know, is really, you know, she really is like, wants to have an orgasm, but maybe she has a subconscious belief that like sex is dirty or, you know, somehow she was shamed around that. Her conscious and subconscious mind are working, they're opposing each other. So with, when with hypnosis, we can like align those two aspects of the mind so that really, it's working together you know, to, to give you the effect that you want.
1: Mm. And it's interesting too, because people are afraid that they're going to lose control, that they don't have self-awareness under hypnosis. Isn't isn't that a misnomer?
0: Yeah, that's similar to how sex is portrayed in the movies. Uh, so is hypnosis. <laughs> that's a, that's a complete fallacy, you know, because when, hypnosis is is really just a natural state of mind that has numerous beneficial characteristics uh, similar to like if you're meditating or something it's not like you're going into some alternate reality um you're the conscious mind is is still engaged but it's kind of like it's taken a back seat it's taking a nap um so what that means is you are always in com- complete control and The other thing is that oftentimes hypnosis is uh, portrayed as like some kind of truth serum. Like you're going to just like spill your guts or something. Once you're in hypnosis, again, that's false because the conscious mind is, is engaged so that you're not going to uh, do anything. That's going to like go against your moral or ethical code or anything like that.
1: That's good to know for people, because I think that, you're right. It gets such a different connotation from the movies and so forth. And there's people that are so frustrated with how to get into a state of of a certain relaxation that they can let their natural um body and awareness and consciousness come to the surface to work with them. And so I'm I'm curious about, you know, what what have you found with some of your clients that you worked with and Um, in in releasing some of their um sexual holdings that um came more into themselves of, of yeah feeling the freedom of of their own self in a sexual way
0: yeah yeah so uh well one client i was working with uh she came to me uh around in her early 30s and um she told me that her, you know, she had had her first sexual experience at 17 was quite traumatic for her. Uh, and then coupled with that, her growing up, her mother was always telling her, like, you have to have sex with guys or they're going to leave you. So she kind of like had a lot of, you know, messages around that. She had been in an emo- emotionally abusive relationship with her ex-husband. So uh, when she came to me, she she described herself as a 32-year-old virgin you know she just felt like she was so lost when it came to her her own sexual expression and so so in uh, what and I you know I I do hypnotherapy I also do a lot of like you know we talk about the issues and um so I guess in a way I just like some coaching um and and we were, so we were working on neutralizing those emotions that were attached to her traumatic experiences in the past. We worked on, you know, changing the core beliefs that she had about herself uh, and, her, and her ideas about sex. And we really worked on embracing, embracing sex as like a sensual experience, you know, not, it wasn't just about penetration because she actually found that penetration was quite painful for her. Um, so it was a lot about like learning how to how to really relax and just really be in her body, you know, doing all these things in, in hypnosis. And uh, and I, as I'm sure you you love hearing like follow up yeah. uh, stuff from your clients, so I I got an email from her about a month after we had finished working, and she was like, you know, I just wanted to let you know that things are getting better really quickly, and she had met a new guy and they were taking it really slowly getting to know each other they she felt like she was really able to communicate with him and she was able to really feel like she was like able to just be in her body when when they were being sexual and you know it was, it was just really sweet to hear, mm. hear yeah it'd
1: be so gratifying to know that that you had an influence of somebody's you know desire and dream to experience themselves in a certain way and then they were able to transform that um and find pleasure in something that they found anxiety in, and that you had something to do with it. Yeah.
0: Yeah. It, it is really, really gratifying. I love, I love what I do. Mm. And, and, you know, I really believe that if the, our minds are so powerful, repo you know, if I really believe that if we can visualize something, if we can, and not just visualize it, but really get into the feeling of once you have that, whatever your desire is, like how does it feel when you're having it already achieved that? And if you can do that, I I honestly believe like you can achieve it. Hmm. And when you do that in hypnosis, it's even more powerful because it is like directly, the subconscious is taking that in. And like I said before, like the subconscious is where, it's, it's where we, uh, our imagination lives. So, you know, it, and, and, and whatever we take in, whatever we tell it, our self subco- subconscious mind, it believes. So if we're giving our subconscious mind, these positive messages every day, like, yeah, I, I can have a wonderful sexual relationship. I can, you know, I can experience, Amazing pleasure with my partner. I can feel calm and relaxed and safe and in my body. You know, it's I fully believe that it's possible. Hmm.
1: And I know a lot of people that are struggling, the couples that I work with, there's usually an imbalance of of sexual desire. One has a higher sexual desire and the other one has a lower sexual desire. And it's interesting because there's a power dynamic that happens. And I don't have I don't think it happens consciously, but just the the person that has the least desire for something, they actually control whether it happens or not, or how often, right? So the person has the least desire for emotional intimacy, controls whether you talk about it or how long or and same with the sexual desire. And control is a big word, and people get turned off by that. But when I say that, I just want them to know like you have agency too. You know, there's a there's a power that you might not like that you have but you have some power in this instead of feeling disempowered. So I'm wondering around, especially around lower sexual desire, people go the route of hormones and some other things, but it seems to me, that's a big, um, it's a low hanging fruit for a lot of people in long-term relationships. Um, Mm -hmm. I'm wondering about how would you go about with the, the sexual freedom hypnosis, um, with people, with couples that have varying sexual desires.
0: Yeah, yeah. And and it is important to to point out that you know, when I'm working with people who are coming to me with sexual dysfunction issues, it's it is important for them to get checked out by their doctor because you know, there are of course some issues that are medically related and uh, medically caused. Um but even in saying that, um there's usually a, you know, a a psychological element to that. But yeah, when, when you're looking at kind of when, you know, libido, like someone has a high libido, someone has a low libido. It's like, there's our libido you can kind of look at it as like, there's like the gas pedal. um, There's a name, the sexual excitation system is like the gas pedal of the libido. And then there's also like, it also has like a, a, a break, you know, the sexual inhibition system. So um, a lot of times we are putting our foot on the brake a little bit too much. But the thing is like, and especially when it comes to couples that have been together for a while, you know, there's so many extenuating issues uh, that could be affecting the libido like and you know oftentimes and I'm sure you see this prepo. it's like our sex life is kind of a barometer for what's going on in the relationship so if there is an issue with the sexual relationship it's usually because there's other stuff going on in the relationship so there's all kinds of things that can be putting the brakes on the libido for someone that you know it, it might have to you know maybe someone has a insecurity about their body image or you know they for some couples you know maybe the maybe uh one of the people is a little bit concerned about uh having an unwanted pregnancy or something so they might subconsciously be like i don't want to have sex because i don't want to get pregnant or you know there's all kinds of things just like day-to-day stress i mean of course like if someone is having issues with depression that's going to tie into it um
1: or you know stress a job family and kids
0: yeah family kids um poor communication within the relationship you know if if there's like a lot of couples are kind of maybe there's a lot of there's issues that aren't being discussed there's there might be some resentments going on that need to be worked out and then that would like free up that energy
1: Mm -hmm. yeah
0: you know And I'm sure you see
1: that all the time. Yeah, I see. I see that all the time. And where I think I feel for people when they feel stuck is this is this. This is the sentence I hear when people are stuck. One person who wants to have a more sexual desire says, I want to want to have sex, but I don't. I want to want to have it. And and then the other person, their partner feels pretty disempowered because they think that there's nothing that they can really do or they don't feel desired. And so there's this whole dynamic around um, confidence and, and appreciation and and feel seen and heard. But I'm wondering, mm-hmm. you know, with the dynamic of uh, people working with their unconscious around that they want to want to have it, there's, there's this resistance that's going on. I want to, but I can't, but I want to. And so there's this push and pull going on and I'm imagining that's a really interesting and, and productive dynamic to work with hypnosis. Is that right?
0: Well, yeah. And, and given what we were talking about earlier, about how for probably a lot of, and, and, you know, this is like saying if, if the woman is the one who's saying, I want, I want to want to, but I don't, you know, perhaps there's maybe she's not really feeling that satisfied with, with the sexual experience, but she doesn't quite know what to do. It does. It's hard to communicate that with her partner, you know, cause maybe he, then he takes to you know, offense or, you know, there's just, so rather than even deal with that, it's like, I'm just going to withdraw. Um, you know, so, so a lot of it is, uh, facilitating communication between the couple. Um and also working with if if there's a couple involved, it's working with each each person individually so I can get a sense of like what what's actually going on behind the scenes. Cause there there's just there could just be so many different things contributing to yeah.
1: and just problem. like you said, just just to help somebody put up their boundary to be able to speak their truth, find their voice. And I'm imagining that the way that you work with people is to, you know, work with those blockages that, that they have old tapes around their voice, that they're not, you know, good enough to be, be taken seriously, or they're never taken seriously, or, or they don't deserve.
0: Oh, absolutely.
1: So yeah, I think that's a, that's a, a great route to take for people.
0: Yeah, because there's so many issues that really like started developing, early on in our childhood, you know, there's a lot of, a lot of people are coming to relationships with these, uh, beliefs about themselves that they may not even realize, but, you know, like I'm not good enough or I'm not lovable or, you know, all kinds of stuff like that, Mm -hmm. that seep into all aspects of their life. And the beautiful thing about hypnosis you know, using hypnosis as a therapeutic tool is that it it is it does allow me as a therapist to um, be able to often go back to those root causes with people and and resolve issues that may have been going on for since their childhood. And once you know it's really all about so, so much of the work I think boils down to self-love you know just really having people love themselves and realize how lovable they are and once if you know if you love yourself it's so much easier to love other people yeah and if you have compassion for yourself it's so much easier to have compassion for for others because i you know i personally believe like we're all we're all connected right
1: yeah and that's a beautiful um experience and beliefs to have around uh past sexual abuse to be transformed because there's a lot of judgments that people have if they've had that experience in the past so f- to be able to really love themselves and not judge themselves uh around that experience uh, I think that that would be a huge transformation for people
0: absolutely yeah Yeah, you know, um, when I'm working with uh, sexual freedom clients, we have a, uh, there's a little acronym that I, that I use to guide me called uh, trance, which is appropriate, right? (laughs) But, you know, I, the T stands for teach and educate, because it's so important, I think, to really start to educate people on like, what really is going on in, in their bodies and, you know, for women to understand, like say that you know, the clitoris has like 8,000 nerve endings. It is um the only organ in the body that's designed it, it's it's its only, its only function really is to provide pleasure. <laughs> amazing. Isn't that amazing? Mm-hmm. Um, and then R is release guilt and shame. So there's usually some aspect of, of guilt or shame that pops up when whenever someone's having an issue around their sexual sexuality or sexual dysfunctions. And then a addressing the trauma, you know, even if there wasn't some, you know, major like sexual abuse or something like that, there's little micro traumas that happen along the way that we all have probably experienced to one degree or another. And then N normalize sexual function, you know, so that people understand like, there's nothing wrong with my body. It's, I, I'm in perfect time and you know everything's okay and uh, C for communication and connection. and E enjoyment and permission for pleasure. I think so many people, uh, women in particular, I think, you know, have a hard time receiving pleasure. Yeah. yeah. And what and you know ideally, if if couples could just forget about the whole, this whole like orgasm or, you know, like penetration and orgasm and just like, like kind of like sit back and enjoy the ride and just enjoy each other, like the sensuality of it, you know, just
1: take the time, the connection, take the time for a lot of, yeah, take the, schedule,
0: take the time, schedule time
1: for pleasure. schedule
0: a sex date. Exactly. When you're, when, when you're dating somebody, don't you make dates for the, you know, you, You schedule dates,
1: right? I tell people all the time because that was in our relationship. When we started scheduling, making time for it, I tell couples, you know, go ahead and sure, you know, you can you can break the date, you know, if you have to for some for some reason, but go ahead and schedule it. And I had resistance like, oh, that's not it's not romantic and spontaneous. I like, hey, do you want to have sex? you'll have sex if you you make an appointment to have sex. And then you can modify all of that. And, and so people have to get out of that belief system too. that, um, you need to put some some focused attention. And it doesn't have to be stressful, because most of the time, people put stressful attention on their sex. And
0: exactly,
1: or they don't talk about it, when things don't go so well, they don't get differentiated about it. And that creates a deeper uh, divide around the energy. And uh, many times it's the couple's first time talking about sex in my office. They don't even talk about it on their own. And the first exercise I give them is go home and have an appreciation hearts share only about what you like about your sex life. Not what you want more of, what you don't like, what you want different, only what you like. And do it at home, because I want you to get as detailed as possible that you can to describe what you like and appreciate. And that's- I really, love that. Yeah, it's transformative that a whole focus that they both only talk about what they like because what they're used to is talking about the problems and what's not going exactly. on. Yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's like the analogy of, you know, is your is your sex life, do you want to be like a stressed out commuter or do you want to be on a magical mystery tour? Yeah,
1: yeah, I love that. I want to be on a magical mystery tour. I, to, yeah. I want to ride that magic carpet. That's right.
0: Yeah. And, you know, for some, like, sometimes I'll say to a couple, like, don't even schedule, you know, a, a time to connect with each other and, and take intercourse off the menu. Just, like, take a bath together. Give each other massages. Just, like, do something just cuddle or, you know, do something that's just connecting and, and sensual and getting them into that kind of relaxed state. Cause oftentimes, you know, if, if someone, if, if people have these busy schedules, they've got kids, they've got jobs. And at the end of the day, you know, maybe one person is ready for sex and the other person is like, you know, putting the, putting the brakes on, but maybe they'd be really amenable to just like having this time to connect and just be sensual and, and loving with each other. And who knows what's going to come out of that? Like once you're just in that space, you know, it could go in the other direction maybe. But
1: Exactly. Exactly. And I was also thinking about just something else that people might not have an understanding that it's connected to sexual freedom is people that have uh, uh, unhealthy relationship with porn, porn addiction, because that's very much prevalent in our society. And and I have uh, mostly men come to me around their issues around porn addiction. And so does this correlate with the work that you can do with sexual freedom around um, people's obsession or addiction with porn too?
0: yeah absolutely i mean you know there is back in the olden days you know before before digital porn uh, the the men that were having issues with erectile dysfunction were you know in older like over over 40 or 50 and there's so many more younger men that are having this issue and it is because of of porn they're they're literally like programming their their brains, they're, they're messing with their dopamine. You know, it's like they're programming, programming themselves, like looking at all those different images. And then when they get with their partner, it's like, they can't, you know, they can't function properly. And um, yeah, hypnosis is really can be very effective for, for dealing with that Mm. Um, because hypnosis is, is so effective at, at helping us to change these habituated behaviors. Right. Yeah. So, um, and if the woman's competing with the dopamine in the man's brain, it's, uh, it can be challenging. Very and, um, yeah. yeah. So, but, but it can be remedied for sure. Absolutely.
1: So, what i'm getting and what i got when we first talked about it when i when you started telling me that that was an area of your specialty um and i'm hoping that people are getting it right now is the sense of hope you know the sense of like ah there's there's possibilities because this this area around um lack of sexual freedom and people connected to their own sense of embodiment and stability around their sex life No, stability or just confidence around it, is such a wavering experience for for so many people. So it's like, oh, I want to give, give them hope, you know, and uh, so um, we have a few more minutes. I was thinking, hey, people, contact, contact Laura Callahan just to, you know, <laughs> have these conversations and to explore if this is an avenue, because a lot of times there's so much that I can do as a couples therapist. And even a, a sex therapist, sexologist can do so much. So because I hear people say, I tried this and I tried this. Well, if you haven't tried aspects of hypnosis and and especially focused on sexual freedom. So how do we will have all your information in the show notes, but um how can people get a hold of you? What would you like them to know about working with you?
0: Yeah, yeah. Thanks, Prepo. Uh I mean, the best way for people to get a hold of me is to go to my website. Uh lauracallahanhealing.com. Uh, I always offer a free 30 minute consult so that, uh, cause it's important for me to, to meet the person, get to know a little bit about them and for them to be able to express to me like what the issues are and, um, and to see, you know, obviously it's really important that we have a good rapport and, um, yeah, you usually with this type of work, it it is a, uh, you know, it's not just like a one and done. It, I usually work with people over minimum six sessions, but, uh, cause it's important to kind of have a period of time, uh, as I'm sure, you know, you know, we do powerful work in the session and then in between sessions, I might give them some activities to practice at home or an audio to listen to, or something like that. That's going to help strengthen whatever we were working on in the session. And, uh, cause, um, uh, you know, there's a, a neurobiologist from Stanford, Carla, Dr. Carla Schatz, she she said, you know, the neurons that fire together wire together. So it's really all about creating those those new neural pathways, and that's how we learn anything, right? We're yeah. any new, you know, anything new that we're learning. That's that's how it happens, and it's completely possible. Hypnosis is just it's such a powerful tool. I love working with it.
1: Hmm. Great. Well, cool. Thanks for wanting to do this and having this conversation. Um, is there just anything that you want to leave people with? Um I mean, I, I like to leave it with, with that hope, but anything that you wanna say in closing?
0: It's such an honor for me to to work with clients and just really I'm you know, I'm just the facilitator. I people are they're doing the work themselves, but just to to witness people's transformation is it's so magical and it's just really beautiful and there is hope there's a lot of hope
1: no yeah i'm glad even even though that you know this focus right now is 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 around hypnosis and and the work that you can do that's what i just want to have this conversation with people to know that it's to normalize aspects of people's challenge around sexuality i mean it's, it's so complicated um you showed me a chart that unfortunately we're not we're not on video, but this <laughs> chart had like 50 different elements of what influences our sexual arousal template and our and our sex yeah. lives. And so for people to really get. Yes, it's 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 complicated and there is um, different pathways that people can experience and pursue to to have their sexual freedom to have healing. So I'm so glad you're out yeah. there doing the work
0: thank you yeah and you know you're you're not alone i mean there's these issues are happening for so many people and it, i think it's so important to be able to talk about it and work through it and it is completely possible
1: yeah exactly sweet thanks laura i appreciate thanks, it Thanks, mm-hmm. we'll talk again Relationships, Let's Talk About It is a production of HeartShare Counseling and Consulting PC of Asheville, North Carolina. For more about licensed counselor Prebo Tablitsky, visit prebo.com. Theme music by Adi the Monk. This content is intended for informational purposes only, is not a substitute for professional counseling or therapy, medical advice, diagnosis or treatment and does not constitute medical or other professional advice.